Hello, everybody. We are back with another rock star. This time around, it is Miss Lydia Frenzos, the current number one branch manager in the nation. We are so excited to have her here. She is part of the DC Metro division in the Northeast region. She is a two-time branch manager. Last year, she was number 13th in the nation, and this year, currently holding number one spot. Lydia, it's so great to have you on. Thanks, Shelby. We're really looking forward to this conversation. And I know that I share with you a little bit before I click recording on what this is all about, but really ultimately we just want to find out what's working well right now for you. And it can be a myriad of different things, but Lydia, when I asked you the question, what's working well, what's your answer? I think there's so much that goes into what's working well. Um, I think one of the main things is having a huge support system. I think a lot of people are disregarding that right now because everything's virtual and like everyone's sitting in their room for, you know, 12 hours a day trying to get everything done and they aren't actually interacting with too many people outside of their reps every day, which is hard because you're pouring into other people and no one's pouring into you. And that's what I've really come to notice in the past couple weeks is that I needed to reach out to my support system and get them to help me through what I'm going through so that way I can be a better manager for other people. So I surround myself with a lot of good people just on FaceTime or on text and, you know, getting one-on-one -on -one calls with other managers or other leaders in the company, people that make me feel good. And I think that's been working really well for me. Um, let's, let's stop on that for a second. Okay, sure. That's a good point that we need to emphasize. And I see this happen so regularly with first-time branches or first-time new DMs where we kind of get this tunnel vision and we want to block everything out. We just want to focus on our team, but that means we don't focus on ourselves and what we need for ourselves. And it's really important that we do surround ourselves with, with people who can lift us up and who can make us think and who can bring us out of any kind of negative mood. Yeah. I love that you acknowledge that as the first thing that's working really well for you. When you say your support system, is it other branches or districts in your division? Is it in the region? Is it in the company? Like, how did you even go about creating a support system for yourself? So last summer, I was really intentional about who I was surrounding myself with. And I think I've, like, as weird as it sounds, I think I've worked really hard to create a good circle for myself. And I'm very intentional about who is in that circle. And that shifted a little bit as everything went virtual and, you know, everyone's on lockdown. But for me now, it's more sticking to what I had planned and making sure that like, this is people in the company for the most part. These are people that when you talk about the circle of influence, like I have people that I'm helping bring up with me. I have people that I'm competing with and I have people that are above me that I'm getting advice from. And giving advice to. So I think having that like layer of people has really been helpful for me because I get a lot personally out of giving to others. And I know like that's what so many people in this company are like, but I also get a lot when people pour into me. That's great. So that's very much about protecting your energy and protecting your mood and really giving you that, that community to fall back on. And what's interesting, and I don't know all the science behind this, but there is a book right now uh, that's out called Burnout, and it talks about the science of burnout. And what I used to believe was that in order to uh, protect yourself from burnout, you have to do a lot of self-care. Uh, but 
what they found through research is that self-care can play a component for sure, but really it's the communities around you that help keep you sustainable and keep you focused and give you the space to really work hard for a long period of time. So that's really why the community aspect, the support system aspect is so valuable because it keeps right. you focused and it gives you the ability to work for longer periods of time and not experience that burnout. So what about functions of the business, operational aspects that are working really well for you right now? Um, I would say just PR calling, like having a great SMRA staff. I know you posted a little snippet of what I talked about before on a call, but that is like the base of my entire system right now. I would have nothing built up at all if I did not have the people that I have working with me. Um, so I really prioritize them, whatever they need, like I am there for them. Uh, you know, if they need to take a day off, they have an exam coming up, that's fine with me, just grind the next day. Um, so making sure that I put them as like the most important people in my organization. And I would say just fine tuning my training. So I ran my training with Courtney for the first week. Uh, Courtney Swain's the, the Rockville pilot manager in um, uh, DC Metro. And that was really helpful just to get that one training class where like I get refreshed, you know, she can give me some new tips. It's awesome. She runs a great training. She's obviously been doing this forever. And so getting all those tips and then bringing that to mine and like really connecting with my team, like really lighting them up with the energy that I have. Um, and that's something I tell them to expect from me. Like I'll give a hundred percent every single day, even if, you know, my voice is gone by Friday or I don't get the most sleep one night. Like I'm always going to be given a hundred percent and I just expect that back from them. So I've just been making my expectations really, really clear to them too. You've been extremely good at creating expectations, uh, not just for your reps, but also for your PR callers and your SMRAs. So Lydia, you mentioned that clip that I shared. So everyone that's listening, I highly recommend going back and listening to the bonus clip. Uh, it's the second episode that I posted that Lydia shared about how she set up expectations for her SMRAs and how she set the standards for them. Can you share with us in a little bit more depth about the expectations and standards that you set for your reps, let's say in their first weekend after training? Yeah, so I think it really starts even in my interview. Um, I have like a little some speech where I kind of tell them what to expect of me as a manager, what we're going after for the summer, and that I'm building a championship team. So if they're not on board with that, like I make it pretty clear that I'm looking for go-getters. So like step up or step out. Like, I don't even want you to go to, like, go to my training. I don't want that if you're not going to be a championship and have that, like, go-getter attitude. And so in my training, I make it really clear day one, like, this is what we're building. This is where we are right now. Um, you know, this is where we should be in this upcoming week. And, you know, I have people drop out of training a couple, like, people a day, but that's okay. Like, if they – and usually what their response is is I'm not going to commit to the, the level that you want me to commit to. And that's okay with me. If you need to drop out because you're not going to, you know, have that championship mindset, that's totally fine. But I want to make sure that's really clear in my interview before they even get to the training point. What's so beautiful about that is, I mean, I mean there's so much that we can unpack there. But a couple of things that I hear from you is, number one, you're not afraid of people dropping out because you're focused on focusing on the people who are in front of you and who want to be there. And I think yeah. the big shift that we have to make is that I see this all the time with branches and, and new DMs who are brand new is that 
They want to save everybody. And so people start to drop out. They begin to focus on those people and why they dropped out and they don't bring their A game to those who are actually there to learn, to grow and to be challenged. And so the fact that you're able to just focus on the people who are in front of you, who know your expectations, who know what is to be expected from you as their leader is really, really valuable. Now, also, I think what's cool is that you're setting yourself up for success in this way because you're bringing so many people through your funnel. It's one thing if you're going to be ultra selective and you're going to scare people away when you have five people in training, you probably don't have the wiggle room to have people drop off if you only are launching five per campaign or per, um, per cycle. But Lydia, I mean, you're, you're setting a hundred to 150 PRs per weekend. So right now, like, let's talk a little about your recruiting. So I know you have your SMRAs and they're doing extremely well with getting those numbers on the board. But what else are you doing to really maximize your funnel on the front end so that way you can come from that place of like, we're only looking for championship people. And if some people drop off because they can't live up to that standard, it's okay for you. Yeah, that's a good question. I would say to kind of briefly touch on how, you know, some people do focus on the people that leave. Um, you know, honestly, I haven't talked to the people that have left. Uh, that sounds really mean, but I'm just going for the people that are staying. So if they text me like this long thing, okay, great. I'm sorry you feel that way. Best of luck. Um, so that's kind of how I handle that. Like, I don't address anything. It's like, sorry. Um, on the front end, I'm not sure there's much else I'm doing, honestly, besides like lighting my SMRAs on fire and like having them do like honestly the hard work of it. Um, but in my interview again, like, I think it's a huge mindset shift that I had halfway through last summer that I am replicating this summer is I don't need you. You need me. I have so much to offer you. If you don't like this opportunity, that's fine. You know, I have 20 other people in this interview. You're probably not like at the top of my list anyways, if you're like half, I don't half doing the interview. This is such a great place to kind of wrap up on, Lydia, this mindset shift. And it's important to note for everyone listening that Lydia is a two-time branch manager. So the thing is, is that she had to go through the first summer of kind of figuring things out to get to this point where she can have this level of confidence, this level of poise, this level of, I'm here to, to provide you an opportunity. It's up to you to take it or not. Can you talk a little bit more about the journey towards this place of confidence, this place of poise, this place of power that you're experiencing right now? Yeah. So last summer at the end of May, um, I didn't have like most amazing May. It wasn't the worst. It wasn't the best. But, you know, I called my friend and I was like, I hate this. I want to quit. I'm having another mental breakdown. And it was actually Christian Mancino. And he was like, okay, we'll send all your sample kits back then like close out. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to do that. And he was like, okay, then what are you going to do? And he just kind of like lit me up there. And, you know, it was the beginning of May. It really didn't matter. This is May week three. Uh, we're going into May week four. It's not a huge deal. Like if you're not where you want to be, whatever, like stop complaining about it, step up, you know, the right actions to do, just committing to them. 
Uh, and we've seen it time and time again where people aren't where they want to be and they can get there in, in a week or two, like numbers jump. But I think last year, once I made that shift from like, hey, I really need people on my team. Like I just need to launch a big class to, hey, like I'm actually running a championship organization here. If you don't want to be a part of that, I feel bad for you. Like that's, that's unfortunate. Um, same thing this year. Like I came in with such a different attitude. You know, I've been going through like my own personal stuff, but like that's something that has never changed, like never wavered. And that's something I like truly, truly believe in. So it can't just be like a, a kind of fake it so you make it type of thing. It's more of like a get to the point where you believe it to your core. Like you are offering the best opportunity to people. You are running your organization. You know how well you can run it. You know, like the type of person you are. Be proud of that. Be proud of the opportunity you have to offer. You know, when people come at me with negative stuff, like, sorry, I'm, I'm proud of what I run. If you don't like that, that's okay. I'm not trying to please 100% of people. It's not everyone's cup of tea. That's fine. But getting to that spot where you like truly, truly like embody everything that you stand for and all of your values, that's what I strive to do. And that's what I think I do now. And that's what comes across. Yes. So much. Yes. Right. <laughs> and you, you gave some really good verbiage in the bonus clip that I shared and how you approach your SMRAs with this idea of like, I know the kind of person that I am, I know the leader that I am, I know the organization that I run and the ethics that I stand by. And those kind of messages that you shared to yourself and then you shared to your people are so valuable because again, like there can be times in this business when somebody challenges you and challenges what you, you believe to be true. But at the end of the day, if you come from a place of confidence and truth that you know you run a great organization you care for your people you're going to do what's right then nobody can argue with that because you know the truth and it's so evident in how you've grown in the last year and the place that you're at now that you've really begun to embody that truth and i think about you lydia i'm going to share a quick little story <laughs> we coached together last summer and i think our first two coaching sessions you were like, Shelby, how do I run day two of training? You remember <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. And it's so cool to see that. And just like you said, like people have poor maze, but that does not mean they can't learn, grow, and have an amazing summer. Even though for you, Lydia, your first two weeks, you were like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. You still finish out that first summer as a branch at like 154, I think, right? Like you were number 13th in the nation. And so the beautiful thing for everyone that's listening here um, is that really the ultimate challenge as a branch manager is to learn from everything every day and ask yourself, how am I learning? How am I improving? What mindset shifts can I potentially make that will serve me better? And Lydia, you had so many of those throughout the summer last summer. I remember specific conversations with you where you're like, yeah, you know, I've just stopped focusing on the results and started focusing on having fun. And you gave an awesome example of a rock climbing competition that you had a couple years ago where the same thing happened for you. And so again, for the branches that are listening and the DMs that are listening that might be feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing, or I feel like that this is all a failure. It's only a failure if you don't choose to look for the lesson in it. When you choose to look for the lesson in it, you grow every day. And like Lydia said, all you need is that one launch that can really set you off in the right direction. And and start to give you the confidence that you're looking for. So Lydia, I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. Do you have any final tips or things that somebody should know? Yeah, I think 
when you were talking, one of the things I was thinking about was like, hey, I care for my people and like, I know I do, but people are going to get to a spot where they have a hundred plus people on their team this summer. Um, you know, I got, I'm, I'm pretty close to that point right now. And there is no way that I can respond to a hundred people in a day. And I was feeling like, wow, I'm not a good manager. I don't care about my people right now. Or like, I'm not giving them enough. But you also have to understand that if you set that up in training, like, hey, I have a hundred of you. There's one of me. I truly care about you, but I just can't give you a hundred percent like of my time all the time. They'll get that. And like, they'll be a lot more respectful and a lot more gracious when they do get your time. Uh, and that's what I've noticed. So that's just, you know, something I was thinking about too. That's a really valuable point too. Always be honest and transparent and don't, you don't have to act you have it all together. Yeah. Especially if you're like, I don't have it all together and that's okay. <laughs> you're human and that's fine. So thank you again, Lydia, for spending this time with us today. I'm so excited for what you're creating. It's amazing to watch you soar, to watch the growth that you've experienced. And I know that there will be many more um, opportunities to learn from you in the near future. So thank you and have a wonderful day. Thanks, Shelby. You too. Thanks for having me.